0: This is The Bouquet Toss, a wedding planning podcast brought to you by TheBudgetSavvyBride.com to help you decide what to keep and what to toss from your wedding day plans. Welcome back to The Bouquet Toss. Today is a special follow-up episode to last week's episode about budget, so we're calling it Budget Part 2. Last week, we covered everything involved in coming up with the number that you want to spend on your total budget with things like the 50-30-20 rule and other tips for calculating that potential spend. But once you have a total, how do you actually allocate that budget across all of the different categories of wedding spend?
1: Let's discuss. Wedding budgeting phase two.
0: (laughs) figuring out what are the things you're going to spend more on and what are the things that you should know will be a higher cost or that are typical for most couples, I think that's really important because once you start talking to vendors and once you start really looking at what everything is going to add up to, knowing that it's typical for couples to, let's say, spend 8% of their total budget on their attire, you can look at the total number that you have and say, okay, is my attire spend around 8%? Obviously, it doesn't have to be exact, but it gives you like a good feel because it's helping you see what other people are kind of amounting to in their spend, but without you to doing any of the math. <laughs> so I love this example in, um, in the book, The Budget Savvy Wedding Planner and Organizer, you provide this 8% on attire example, which again, it's an average, right? But it's a good ballpark to look at. So if, for instance, you're you have a thirty k spend for your total budget for your wedding, eight percent on attire would be around twenty four hundred dollars. So this helps you when you're going in to you know figure out what bridal boutiques you're looking at, or you're looking through websites, or you're looking at sample sales, or anything like that. Even the people that you're going to be working with at these boutiques, they'll probably ask, what are you looking to spend? What is the ballpark that you're looking for? And if you don't have any parameter to go with, how do you know? So I love that you have provided a traditional wedding breakdown. So can you talk us through the pillars, the categories that are typically involved? Of course, we know there's other things for some people's weddings. There's going to be extra categories in which you're going to have to kind of adjust the math, but for a traditional wedding budget, what does it look like?
1: Yeah. I mean, so a lot of this information was pulled from resources like The Knot and Wedding Wire because they do their big surveys and they see where couples are spending the majority of their budgets. And so a lot of that went into pulling these numbers together for the book. And traditionally, like you can basically expect to spend half of your entire budget on the reception costs. And that could include anything from the venue, the catering, those big ticket items, like you know the bar included in that as well. Um, so 50% of your budget will probably go to the reception costs. That's leaving aside the other items that are included in the reception, but are kind of their own separate category, like your flowers and decor. And so that tends to run around 8% of the total budget in a traditional wedding budget breakdown. Photography is another one that's like a big chunk of the budget. Traditionally, it's around 10% of the total wedding budget breakdown, but, you know, that can be flexible. And I think it's important to remember that these are like you mentioned, like kind of a good guideline, a good, you know, framework to look at to see if the vendors that you're hiring are within that range for the amount of money that you have to spend in total but can obviously be flexible and and move back and forth like as you're going through the process and hiring specific people or making specific decisions
0: yeah i think it's great to remember that this traditional wedding budget breakdown is for a wedding that is including you know it's at a venue there's some sort of food there's some sort of dinner situation entertainment like we'll get through all the categories but this is for one of those very traditional weddings with all the parts and so you might come across a photographer that you absolutely love that is more than 10 percent of your actual budget spend but maybe photography ends up being more important to you than actually having a sit-down dinner Or maybe this is the decision that helps you realize, you know what, maybe we actually just want to elope and we want to have the photographer come along to a bunch of different places with us and take amazing pictures of the spots that we love and have a few family and friends with us. And that's it, you know? I think this is such a good way to help you decide what are the things that feel more important to you and what are the things that feel like maybe that's actually something I can toss and I don't really even need it at all. When you look at it, if the reception is going to be 50% of your budget that helps you realize, you know, like if you're, if your idea of your wedding day is to be able to wine and dine your guests, right. Your family and friends, you have to look at, you know, what is 50% going to get you? Because it might get you a really amazing fancy meal for 10 people, but, it might not cover a venue that's like $100 a head if you have a really, really big guest list.
1: Exactly. And
0: so right away, it puts you in the position to say, okay, which do I want? And then it helps you say, if the reception is the thing that I want, I have to look at places that are gonna accommodate a price per head that comes in somewhere around that 50% of my total spend.
1: Exactly. I think like we said, like these are really great to use as guidelines. Um, So back to you mentioned attire being 8% of a traditional wedding budget for like a typical $30,000 wedding that was kind of like the norm or considered the average a few years back pre-pandemic, that was around $2,400. But you have to remember that that's not just the bride's dress. You have to consider what partner number two is wearing, whether that's another bride or a groom. You also have to factor in those sneaky alterations costs, which often come as a surprise to many couples, especially if you have a very ornate dress that needs alterations, those lace beaded, anything like that can cost hundreds, sometimes even into like the thousand dollar range for alterations alone so really important to keep in mind when you're doing things like shopping for your wedding dress um, and giving that budget number to the stylist who's pulling dresses for you (laughs) keep keep those uh, alteration costs in mind and give them maybe a lower number than what your your actual budget is based on your percentage so i just think it's important to use these as a guideline and maybe always try to shoot a little under because in more cases than not you are going to go a little over of whatever you set. So, it's it's always good to be I think a little conservative. And one thing I also always recommend, so in in this version of like the wedding budget breakdown, we didn't go super granular, right? We said reception costs is 50%, but that includes your reception venue, It includes your catering, your alcohol, and also your cake. Like we didn't break down or, you know, dessert if you're not serving a cake. We didn't break it down super, super granular just for visual representation's sake in the book. But you're keeping all of those things in mind in that overall 50% figure. But then something that is separate is your wedding entertainment. And so traditionally we're averaging around 8% of your budget on entertainment, whether that's a DJ or a live band, you know, again, that would run for a $30,000 wedding around that $2,400 range. So keeping that in mind, if you decided that it wasn't super, super important to you to have professional music, maybe you just want to do like the iPod, situation or have somebody run your music for you finding like a newer up and coming dj who's maybe in like the thousand dollar range for the night which to me even still seems like a lot for someone to play music no no disrespect to the djs out there but you know that's something you could take that extra fourteen hundred dollars that is allocated for entertainment and put that towards an area that is more important to you and your partner Another thing that's included in this budget breakdown is a 5% for miscellaneous. And that's kind of your buffer, the thing that's in there to act as a safety net for those little overages, the things that couples often forget about or overlook things like feeding your wedding vendors on the wedding day, you know, vendor meals, feeding your wedding party while you're getting ready in the morning, getting your hair and makeup done, tips or gratuities. Yeah, there's
0: so much that can creep up that you just, no amount of planning (laughs) can really help you see them up front. And so giving yourself a padding there right away from the start, I think is very helpful. And so then the other categories that we included all came in with a 2% of your spend, but these were ceremony, stationary, transportation, and gifts. And so again, these are gonna be things you might end up spending 3% on transportation or 10% if that's something that's super important to you, but this is just giving you a ballpark to look at. After looking at this traditional breakdown, in the book, you also provided a modified breakdown for budgets that are under 20,000. And I think that the big thing here is to realize that the cost of the vendors is not necessarily going down, right? So you might be using the same photographer, but now that's 12% of your budget instead of 10% because you have less money that you're starting with. That is the key to remember. It's not that you have to, because you're under a certain number, only use people that are new, that have no experience, that are your friends as frienders, that you know are gonna cost the smallest amount of money, no you just have to realize that when it, you look at the larger scheme of your budget, these are items that are gonna be taking up more than what they would have if your budget was larger. It helps you put into perspective, You know, if this is the amount that we have to spend, well, what are the things that we can cut or what are the things that we want to focus on most and what are the things that we maybe wanna pivot so that we can allow for our budget to really work the best for us in this instance, looking at spending 45% on your reception rather than 50 is kind of the guideline here. If it's under 20 K versus a 30 K wedding, which is the traditional breakdown. And so if you're going to be spending less because you already have a smaller number that you're using, and it's a smaller percentage of that number, then the atmosphere or the vibe or the, you know, what you want for forgetting might change, but maybe that is what you wanted in the end anyway.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And obviously, one of the things that we do quite well at Budget Savvy Bride is like share alternatives and ways to get a lot of these different aspects for your wedding at a cost that works with whatever budget it is that you have. There's options, whether you're wanting to do something more DIY, something semi-DIY, something semi-professional, versus hiring a seasoned wedding pro right the good news is there are ways to do this like all across the board in every wedding category you know keeping in mind that if you are working with a smaller budget the breakdown is going to look a little different the funds are going to be allocated a little bit different and should be done according to what's most important to you and your partner at the end of the day
0: so well said, mic drop, but <laughs> let's just go through. So we went through what the traditional 30K breakdown was. So I'm just going to read through what this modified one is for budgets that are under 20K. Again, these are just ballpark numbers, but they're really helpful in helping you figure it out. Reception, 45%. Photography, 12 Flowers and decor, 12 Attire, 12 Entertainment, 5%. Miscellaneous, again, 5%. Ceremony 5%, stationary 2%, and gifts 2%. This budget doesn't have an allocation for transportation.
1: And just for a little bit of context, these numbers were kind of pulled from looking at real weddings that we featured on the Budget Savvy Bride over the last you know at the time it was like 10 years when the book was published and so um you know we looked at a lot of the budgets that were done under twenty thousand dollars and tried to get an average in mind for how couples were actually allocating those funds
0: and all of the weddings that we share on the blog have this breakdown included so when you go and you look you can not only see the total that they spent, but we actually share these types of breakdowns for every wedding that we're featuring. So you'll see what percentage of their total they spent on, let's say, catering, let's say, photography. All of those things are there, which I think is just the most amazing way to be able to look at weddings and get inspiration because you could see something and be like, oh, I really want to recreate that. I love it. But if you have no context as to, the breakdown of where things went, it's really hard to know. And of course there's sometimes things where, you know, they were gifted photography or they were gifted a DJ or they were gifted something, which maybe is a situation you'll have as well. And you'll get to reallocate that percentage of money to other things. So of course, it's never going to be a complete science. It's always going to be fluid and it's going to be so dependent on your personal circumstances and your values, but being able to see what it looked like for other people, I just think is so valuable. So make sure to head to the Real Wedding section on the budgetsavvybride.com. Check out these budget breakdowns. You will not be disappointed.
1: Yes, totally agree. That has the that section of the website has been a true labor of love. But I think there's so much value there in seeing real figures of how people were able to do this, because industry wide, when it comes to weddings, there's so little price and cost transparency. And so it's something that I'm really passionate about, especially because it, it does prove it's possible to have a nice wedding without spending, you know, that traditional average of 30K. So that's what we're out here to prove. We're out here to help you figure it out and make these puzzle pieces work for you. You can slice your wedding budget pie however you like at the end of the day, but doing so according to like what matters most to you, I think is key to having a wedding that you're happy with. We know that savvy brides are always looking for ways to get a luxurious look for less. And one of the best ways to do that is by renting your wedding flowers from Something Borrowed Blooms. That's right, you can rent your wedding flowers. Something Borrowed Blooms uses high quality silk florals and greenery to create stunning arrangements for your wedding. Everything from boutonnieres to bouquets, centerpieces, and more. The best part, you'll spend over 70% less than using fresh flowers from a traditional florist. Plus, we've got an exclusive offer just for you. Use code SAVVYBLOOMS on any wedding order over $65 and you'll get a free centerpiece rental included in your order. So savvy. Use the link in our show notes to start shopping now and don't forget our savvy code. Save the environment and your wallet by joining the wedding rental revolution and rent your wedding flowers from something Borrowed Blooms. I think that you've
0: got some awesome hacks when it comes to wedding budget. Just to make it work on whatever that budget is that you do have. So let's talk through some of the things that you can keep in mind to best spread out the budget that you are working with.
1: Yeah, I think across the board, some of the quickest ways to keep costs low is considering the time of year you're getting married obviously like the season is such a big part in terms of like peak versus off-peak rates for venues vendors pricing can really vary throughout the year depending on the the seasons that are most popular so that's a big consideration also the day of the week which a lot of Couples now, especially in 2022 and and beyond, are looking into midweek wedding dates because of the competition, because of this wedding boom that we're experiencing. So that's another great way to potentially save and kind of hack your spending
0: the day of the week that you choose is important and also the time of day you could be surprised to find that your venue gives you a significant discount just for starting like three hours earlier like with my sister she was able to get an earlier time on her sunday wedding that was a great saver in terms of the overall price and at first she was nervous because it pushes everything back so your you know reception is back your ceremonies back, and more importantly, your hair and makeup times are set back a lot. You and got an early call guys, time for
1: hair and makeup. Early call
0: time, yeah. And so, like the guys <laughs> probably don't really think about it, but for the ladies, it's something that you do really think about. It's gonna definitely affect the whole sequence of your day. But in the long run, is waking up a little bit earlier and you know getting started earlier worth it for the Effects on your overall budget? Mm, Maybe, probably.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm still dying to be invited to like a Sunday brunch wedding. Who doesn't want to like day drink and get it over with and not have to deal with the hangover the next day? Oh, true. (laughs) (laughs) Not to mention the whole brunch wedding concept I love because who doesn't love brunch food? And, you know, eggs and pancakes can be pretty affordable when compared with like a steak and shrimp dinner, you know? Yeah, it's a very good point. So lots of savings there across the board. And speaking of brunch, getting the booze in,
0: there's some some good tips
1: where that's concerned. One of my favorite things to suggest is finding a venue that will allow you to supply your own alcohol. Because if you have control over the cost per bottle, like alcohol markup is one of the most insanely Jacked up pricing models that there is when it comes to the service industry. And so, if you have the ability to, you know, go to Costco and get all the beer that you want to serve or wine or whatever the case might be, you can have more control over the cost per bottle and save yourself significantly without that markup.
0: So, another booze related hack that I'm obsessed with is these things called stock the bar parties, where people will have either it's like for the bachelorette or the bridal shower, or it's just like a get together with your bridal party or your friends and family. And the gift is alcohol, like bottles of alcohol that then get used on the wedding day as the drinks for the bar. I think that that's like the most genius idea. And I also (laughs) think there's so much like, especially depending on the time of year you're getting married, but also It actually probably doesn't matter because the alcohol, like, just don't open it and it'll be probably even better by the time you do. But there's so many random things where people, like, don't know what to get you and, you know, they'll get you a bottle of wine or they'll get you a, they'll get you some whiskey or bourbon or something. And so if you save that for the actual day of when you know that you're going to be wanting to, you're going to have a lot of people that you want to serve it to, you get such a good return on that gift.
1: Absolutely. I love that. Another thing I think that couples may not think of right away is putting some of these big wedding expenses on a credit card. And I'm not encouraging racking up a big balance here, but especially with all the different credit card rewards you can earn, if you sign up for a new credit card right around the time that you get engaged, you can put a ton of your wedding expenses on that and earn a new card bonus that you could use those points and practically book a honeymoon for free
0: and this isn't even just like a hypothetical like this is something so many couples have done and still continue to do if you are proactive enough to know which card to get and then you're also proactive enough with your payments each month the rewards points that you get can do some real magic
1: Yes. We actually have an ebook for anyone who's interested. If you visit budgetsavvyhoneymoon.com, it's all about how you can use credit card reward points to hack your honeymoon and get it for practically free. So it's definitely something that is totally doable. And no matter if you're only going to spend like $5,000 on your wedding or 10 or 20, depending on what, whatever the case is, you could open one new card or both of your both you and your partner could open a card and put those expenses and share them between you and then pool your points and just have like an epic honeymoon trip that costs you like practically nothing.
0: Pool your points. Pool those points.
1: Yeah. Some of my other favorite wedding budget hacks are things like considering, you know, the service providers, your vendors, like your photographer, or videographer. There's only so many dance floor craziness photos that you're going to want. There's probably going to be maybe a couple included in your wedding album, but they're not going to likely be the ones that you hang on your walls for years to come. So, one thing I love to recommend is to book your photographer for a shorter window of time and, you know, have them stay for the important moments of the reception, the cake cutting, the first dances, all of those things, and then stage your exit. So almost like in the middle of your reception, you can have like if you're doing sparklers or confetti toss or whatever, stage your exit, have your photographer get those like final moment shots and then send them on their way and get back to your party and enjoy the rest of it. You can save like a few hours of that vendor's time and save yourself some money as well.
0: I love that. That is so smart. And I also think that If you're feeling nervous about, you know, not having a photographer there for some moments that maybe would happen at the end of the party once they've left. There are so many people who are amazing with cameras these days. Like we live in a time where not even just on your phone, but like so many people have a photography habit or like they're just interested in it. It's their hobby. They love it. And so you probably have somebody coming to your wedding that you could ask, like as, you know, part of my gift or as my gift for the last hour, can you have your camera with you and snap some shots. And, you know, I've heard of a lot of people doing bringing like a Polaroid camera, and then taking as many pictures as they can during the night and then gifting that to the couple at the end so that they have like a book of the Polaroids. And so like getting creative with frienders, as we like to call it, like friends who can help you out with some of these things, that could be a great way to like ease the anxiety if you do decide to have a photographer for less time, you know that you'll have it covered in some way.
1: Absolutely. I always love pooling your resources and kind of polling your network of family and friends to see who has talents that could potentially be utilized during the wedding planning process, of course, if they are willing. But yeah, you. I think a lot of people would be surprised that people love to be involved and they love to be Not needed, but have their services appreciated and and be able to use their talents as like a gift for you as the couple.
0: So well said. Such a good point and definitely something not to forget while planning. That sound means it's time for Wedding Watch, a segment of Bouquet Toss where we discuss iconic wedding moments from our favorite TV shows and movies. If you want to hit pause and watch the clip we're talking about today, Head to our wedding watch playlist on YouTube. The link is in the show notes. Okay, today's wedding watch is How I Met Your Mother. Which we have to get right to it because there's so many weddings on that show. But we're specifically doing Lily and Marshall.
1: They are like an iconic TV couple. They're like couple goals. Yeah, I think. Goats. Goat.
0: But Lily and Marshall's wedding happens pretty early on, season two. Yeah. So Let's first, I'm going to first start with the things that just felt a little unrealistic to me. Everything went wrong. And like, I do appreciate laying into the idea that like, your wedding day will not be perfect. Something inevitably goes wrong and it doesn't matter. The actual like message that they're trying to put there is that like, it's really just about you and your spouse getting married. And that's something we obviously get behind. Totally And it's for the comedy, but... The level to which things go wrong is quite anxiety-inducing. Her veil is, like, trampled over and dirty. Her ex shows up planning to, like, object oh. to her and Marshall getting married. And so then, like... They scooter? Send, yeah, Scooter. And then they send, like, the bouncer to, like, get rid of Scooter. But he tackles the photographer. And the photographer can no longer take pictures. <laughs>
1: oh, that is a wedding disaster. Disaster. Then they
0: have the harp player is pregnant and like in labor, <laughs> like literally in labor. Robin's like, should I, should I learn how to play the harp? Can I, can I do that? And then, I mean, the biggest thing is Lily allows her cousin to do Marshall's hair because she's like learning how to do hair and she doesn't want her to do Lily's. Cause it's like, you know, you're not doing the bride's hair. If you're not
1: a professional. Mm-hmm.
0: And through a misunderstanding in their conversation, Marshall gets blonde tips
1: Guy Fieri style like atrocious (laughs) atrocious
0: and first of all like no one's dying your the groom's hair on the premises of your wedding on the day of not happening but Marshall sees it and freaks out and like decides shaving right down the middle of his head is a way he can fix it and then instead of just like a reverse mohawk yes, a reverse mohawk absolutely (laughs) And then all you can think about is, like, why isn't he just shaving the rest? Like, just shave it. And, like, Ted finds the uncle or whoever who's wearing a toupee and, like, doesn't want to admit it. And he's like, I wish someone had a toupee. And the guy's like, and it's terrible. You can, like, absolutely tell he's wearing a toupee. And he's like, I wonder where we could find one. <laughs> and then they take that and, like, you can't even put it on Marshall's head because he has hair on the sides, but not in the middle. And it's just like, you ruined it. You should just shave your head at that point. I mean, eventually, They're, like, outside. The guy is literally, like, mowing the lawn. And they ask to borrow his hat. And that's another trick that they put through. Because it's, like, if the bride asks, everyone just says yes. And, like, I do think that's funny. I think that is a thing. If on someone's wedding day, you're, like, oh, this is for the bride. People are, like, oh, Absolutely. Done. Done." (laughs) (laughs) And then they, like, put this fedora on him. I mean, Lily doesn't cry once. She, like, freaks out a little bit. But I just... I wanted to cry. I was so upset. I feel like if that was your wedding day and everything went wrong, it's a little too much to go
1: wrong. Yeah. I feel like, honestly, I probably like blocked out most of those details because that's traumatic. Yeah, totally. Absolutely. (laughs) No bride wants to be thinking about how anything that could possibly go wrong will go wrong in in the case of this wedding.
0: Yeah, she puts on a brave face and she's like, I'm fine. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that I don't have a photographer. It doesn't matter that my veil was trampled on. Like she's, and then she just like breaks down. But then they end up, her and Robin go outside to smoke, to like let off steam. And then the boys also go outside, Barney, Ted, and Marshall. And while they're out there, they see each other. And Ted is like, why don't you guys have your dream wedding right now? Because their whole plan in the beginning was to have an outdoor wedding with just close family and friends, like really intimate and somebody playing guitar. And like TV magic, there's just randomly somebody sitting outside their venue playing guitar on a bench.
1: Of course. (laughs) Of
0: course. Of course. And Barney is ordained so he can marry them. So they just like do this little ceremony outside like unofficially. And it's so sweet. It really does play to the idea that a wedding is just like two people Vows, someone, someone to, you know, officiate, and that's it. That's all you really need.
1: Yeah, and it was a sweet moment too. Like when I rewatched this clip, I just watched that seen outside when they do the vows and everything and neither of them had their written vows that they had prepared and so they just spoke from the heart and I thought that was really sweet they really are one of the greatest tv couples of all time and their vows were like so sweet to each other and also Barney just like not being able to hold it together when his character is so unfeeling and cold like 99% of the time but he was like unable to speak the words (laughs) properly It was great.
0: I agree with you. I think it's such a sweet moment. As much as I want to believe that two regular Joes who have not been scripted an actual script (laughs) could just say their vows off the top of their head like that, I really do want to believe. I think that is so sweet. But I feel like in the realistic factor, it's probably not quite – I mean, although I guess if you've worked on your vows –
1: Well, right. If they spent time writing them out and they had prepared them, they probably had like general ideas of what they had written down and planned to say. Right. So it's not completely unbelievable, but it might not be as fluid and perfectly stated. Right. As it would be otherwise.
0: All right. So what about
1: the savvy factor?
0: I feel like it's a very typical wedding. They're at a venue, you know, it's indoors, they have a caterer and a photographer and you know, all the things. I don't feel like like as in most TV shows, I don't feel like the budget is ever really like, actually acknowledged or is necessarily realistic for the jobs that the characters have. Mm -hmm. Um, But it does feel like a very like standard wedding.
1: Yeah, I would agree. If they had just done like the outside park thing, that's the savviest wedding of all time. But (laughs) that's not the actuality of what they planned.
0: Yeah. And it's like, I just love that this the show is kind of saying that's what they wanted. They were talked out of doing it. And it's actually what they ended up enjoying the most anyway. So I don't know how actually savvy the wedding was. But I do think that like, with these episodes, they were trying to drive home that a savvy wedding is so totally possible. And like, you can clear out all the junk and just like do the thing that you
1: and your partner wanted to do from the start. That is the savviest. And that concludes our weekly wedding watch. Want to hear us chat about one of your favorite scenes? DM us on Instagram and let us know what we need to watch and chat about on future episodes.
0: This was super, super insightful and helpful. Again, all of this information is in the Budget Savvy Wedding Planner and Organizer. You can get it for less than $10 on Amazon. So savvy. Thank you, Jess, for sharing these insights with us. And we'll be back soon with a new episode. Yay! you've been listening to the bouquet toss a podcast brought to you by the budget savvy bride we would love for you to join us in our free private community to get support and inspiration from other couples currently planning their weddings too consider the bouquet tossed in your direction so you can rate review and subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast app as always stay savvy and stay tuned for our next episode